Five questions we need to ask in the middle of a pandemic. The Love Times 2 podcast starts now. Welcome to 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome back to the Love Times 2 podcast. Thanks for joining us today for a very special podcast on a topic that, quite frankly, I'd rather not have to discuss at all. But it's changing the world right now almost by the hour. Uh, we all know that we're in a global health crisis right now. I think it's safe to say that no one saw this coming. Uh, I know that I certainly didn't. I mean, things are changing so rapidly that it's just mind-boggling. None of us have ever experienced anything like this before. But the crisis, it's while it's been here in the United States, it's been around the globe for months now, and uh, God only knows the extent to which this crisis will continue. Terms like coronavirus, social distancing, self-quarantine, uh, they're now part of our everyday vocabulary. No one was using those terms as recently as just a month ago. Uh, there are various different camps uh, when you talk to people about uh, what their thoughts are on this crisis. I don't know what camp you're in. I just know that I've talked to enough medical professionals to be convinced that the COVID-19 threat is a very real threat, very real healthcare threat. Uh, it makes perfect sense that appropriate precautions and safeguards are being taken. And I hope that uh, as you're listening to this, you're safe and you're healthy. Uh, we also need to be reminded that uh, we just can't shut the rest of the world out. We just can't do it. And honestly, uh, I'm not even 100% sure where I really want to go with this episode, but I think it's important that we start a dialogue on some key questions through the filter and this is key for our discussion through the filter of our mission, the mission of love times two of loving every mom and every baby, no matter what. So these are conversations we need to have. Uh, so I'm going to toss out these key questions that are going through my mind and would actually like to hear from you. Uh, you can send questions that uh, you're thinking or thoughts on, on any of these questions. I'm going to toss out to podcast at love times org. So here we go. Number one, what is the threat to moms and babies and will abortions begin to rise as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, I have no level of medical expertise to answer this question properly, so I'm going to leave that to you to research what the world's leading scientists are saying about this. I do know that while there are initial reports that pregnant moms could not pass the COVID-19 virus onto their unborn babies, there are now reports of newborns being tested positive. And does this mean the babies contracted the virus in the womb or after birth? I don't know that we've seen definitive answers uh, on this yet, at least at the time that I'm recording this. And of course, uh, the world's scientific community uh, is all over this and trying to learn as much about this as they possibly can. But it does appear from reports that I've seen that the virus's most serious and deadly impact is on older persons with serious underlying medical issues. But a really key point here is whether the COVID-19 pandemic might produce a sharp uptick in abortions nationwide and worldwide, particularly if the fears of the virus are exploited by abortion businesses. Uh, we'll have to watch this very, very closely as it develops. It creates the need for an entire field of messaging to help pregnant moms to not opt for abortion out of fear and misinformation. And personally, hey, to say this, but I'm hearing stories from valid sources uh, that abortion clinics are still packing in the business right now. So a, a really strong concern that abortions could actually begin to rise. We're going to see an uptick uh, over just fear mongering on the COVID-19 pandemic uh, and just exploiting that fear among pregnant women. 
It could be that we'll find out the exact opposite is true, that abortions will drop because of social distancing and self-quarantine situations. No one really knows at this point, but a strong potential exists for abortions to spike upwards if the COVID-19 pandemic is exploited. Uh, Here's a second question. What will the long-term impact be on pregnancy care centers that exist to help women in unexpected pregnancies to choose life instead of abortion? Now, this is really another huge question. Several large centers that I'm aware of are closing their doors to in-person clients altogether, while others are limiting services to pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, and emergency counseling, and then using web-based communications for other services such as parenting classes and ongoing counseling. Many of those that are closing their doors to in-person clients are ramping up abilities for phone and web counseling to meet the needs that are out there. And all centers that I'm aware of, they're looking at these closures as temporary closures, but the fact is uh, that many of them uh, are finding the need to close their doors to in-person counseling. Uh, centers everywhere are grappling through the issue like they've never had to grapple with an issue before, and they want to keep uh, staff and volunteers safe and keep their outreaches going. It's a massive challenge. And uh, double this with the timing issue. At the start of the COVID-19 threat, the general presumption was that a two-week period might be sufficient for the whole thing to run its course. You know, we kept hearing two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Well, now I'm hearing talk about, you know, this possibly extending through July or August. Here's the Here's the reality. No one really knows. And that's the point. No one really knows. If this goes on much longer than expected, then what is the long-term impact specifically on pro-life ministries like the pregnancy care centers? While we can't answer that with definition, here's what we do know. The leadership of these pregnancy resource centers all across the nation, they need your prayers for godly wisdom and discernment so they will not miss a beat in reaching out to abortion-minded women. If these ministries diminish in impact, abortions will rise. You can just take that to the bank. Abortions will rise if these ministries uh, lose their impact. That would simply be one more tragic outcome of this current pandemic. And that leads to the next question type of innovation might this spawn when it comes to advancing the work of making the world a better place for moms and babies? This is a time when leaders need to lead and lead well and lead faithfully. That means looking at all the challenges and finding solutions. I'm not just talking about the flurry of webinars that, you know, as soon as some of the self-quarantine restrictions went in place, there was this flurry of webinars uh, on how to raise money online through virtual events. Hey, that's all great, but let's not get hung up on raising money. Let's view all of this through the lens of impacting real people in a real world, real moms, real babies. What we know we can't do as followers of Christ is disconnect with the world and let everyone else just fend for themselves. That's not what Jesus did, so it shouldn't be what we do. Uh, He's our example. So how do we take our best thinking through faith and adjust ourselves accordingly? This is when leaders lead. No one knows the path that innovative thinking will take on this. But if we rely on God's wisdom, follow where he is leading, uh, we'll find ourselves in a really good place. And if we're following him, we're exactly where we need to be. Now, here's the next question. Why are abortion clinics still open in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis? Why? Why are the abortion clinics still open? During a time when elective surgeries are being postponed across the board, not to mention church services, restaurants, gyms, schools, and more, why are abortion clinics still open? Just before I recorded this podcast, I read that in, I believe it's in South Carolina, that sheriffs have been instructed to break up uh, any groups of three or more if they're standing on the street talking. Um, So why are abortion 
abortion clinics still open? Are they really accepted culturally as an essential service, or is this more of a legal issue, which I suspect, where governments in crisis are afraid of a lawsuit, so no one wants to go there? And if for no other reason, in a time when medical supplies are running short, uh, these clinics are using up masks, gloves, gowns, blood supply, and more, not to mention the threat of COVID-19 spreading from contact in crowded waiting rooms, recovery areas, and so on. So here's the question again, why are abortion clinics still open in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis? And uh, here's a fifth question I want to throw out there. And this is a really, really huge question. All of these, I hope, are huge questions. But I'm just asking, is the cultural response that we are witnessing right now to the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States, is it another sign of the secularization of our culture? We talk a lot about culture on this podcast, and that's because the culture is really just a representative of where the hearts and the minds of the people are at. It's a reflection on the soul of a nation. And I'm just going to say, as someone who remembers very, very well how Americans responded after the 9-11 terrorist attacks, I'm just going to say it. America's response to the COVID-19 pandemic is far more secularized than the response after 9-11. I remember when members of Congress gathered together on the steps of the Capitol and sang God Bless America. Church attendance following 9-11 skyrocketed, and there was a period of really deep reflection, uh, some might even say revival, on who we are as a people, and much of it was reflected in a faith-based response. Now, I get it. Not everyone who sings God Bless America is a follower of Christ. I'm sure there were folks on the steps of the Capitol building that were gritting their teeth uh, and just moving their lips because they didn't know the words, probably. So I get all that. That's not the point. The The point is that culturally, at that time after 9-11, faith-based response, as indicated by the singing of God Bless America on the steps of the Capitol, was viewed as both important and relevant. Culturally, there was a strong inclination among Americans to pray during a time of crisis, whereas I'm simply not seeing that today, anywhere near the level of post-9-11, at least right now. So why is that? Now, certainly an argument can be made that the shutting down of most church services through emergency orders has placed this huge chill on America's spiritual response, but I propose that it goes far deeper than that. I think what we're seeing is a new dominant secular cultural response that wants desperately to believe that government science and self-sufficiency can fix any problem that we face. The reality is that in the ultimate sense, all of these paths will come up short. So here are some headlines from my news feed just in the last few days that I think really underscore what I'm saying. Right here, smack dab in the middle of a pandemic. These are serious headlines in my news feed from serious sources. This is not just something that's, you know, some kind of weird groups are putting out there. Let me read some of these to you. Here's a, how to be productive in times of uncertainty. Here's another one. 15 ways to earn extra cash in a time of coronavirus. Another one says time for philanthropy to double down in response to COVID-19. This one says as anxiety over coronavirus grows, meditation apps see a spike in uploads. And here's an unforgettable one. Five ways you can help your bartender right now. Hey, look, I'm just talking straight here. There's no way on the face of the earth that you would have seen an article on how to earn extra cash in a time of 9-11. You would never have seen that. I really think that what we're seeing is America's rising secularism exposed, and it dovetails completely uh, with a new Barna Group report on the state of the church in America that we're going to talk about uh, in the next episode or one of the upcoming episodes. So I know you don't want to miss that. Um, Here's the reality, folks. We're in uncharted waters. 
and we're not to be fearful uh, as we ask these questions, but I think these are questions we need to ask. Let me recap them really quickly. What is the threat to moms and babies, and will abortions begin to rise as a result? Number two, what will the long-term impact be on pregnancy care centers that exist to help women in unexpected pregnancies to choose life instead of abortion? Number three, what type of innovation might this spawn when it comes to advancing the work of making the world a better place for moms and babies? Number four, why are abortion clinics still open? Number five, is the cultural response we are witnessing to the coronavirus pandemic in the United States another sign of the secularization of our culture? Hey, God is in control. He's never been out of control. And we just need to trust him and follow where he leads in loving every mom and every baby, no matter what, even during a pandemic. Hey, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this on Apple Podcasts so that you never miss an episode. And if you have a comment, a question, suggestion for a topic, email me at podcast at lovetimes2.org. That's love, the letter X, the number two, dot O-R-G. I'd love to hear from you, hear your thoughts on this. And never forget, change the culture and the politics will follow. This has been 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Join us in the journey at lovetimes2.org. That's love, the letter X, and the number 2, dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening.